Well, it is great to see you. You warm enough? Yeah, right? Um, in here anyway. We're warm enough in here. So um, awesome to see you. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, glad that you're here in the room. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, we're really glad to be part of all this together. So if um, you're new or newer at Christ Community, um, I'd invite you, if you're in the room, there's a QR code on the seat back in front of you. We'd love to know that you're here. If you wouldn't mind shooting that with your phone and it'll take you to our digital connect card, you can let us know that way. Or when we're done and you walk out of here, there's a welcome desk and we have a gift for you and we'd love to uh, get to know you at that welcome desk that way. Those of you who are online, if you'd let us know you're worshiping with us, there's a connect button there and you can, that'll take you to our digital connect card. And again, we'd love to know that you're part of what God's doing here. So we're really excited that uh, we get to be together this weekend. So we're in this series that we're calling Healthy Habits. And this weekend I wanna talk with you about the habit of making great memories. So when I think about making memories, one of the, one of the things that comes to mind for me, when our kids were little, we had this Disney sing-along video thing and um, you know the bouncing little ball across the bottom of the screen. And one of the songs on that was called Making Memories. And it was about taking pictures and the video showed, you know, people running around Walt Disney World and taking pictures, doing different things. And I was, it was just fascinating to me, I still remember it to this day, about um, taking pictures, the line says, taking pictures is making memories. It talks about catching little pieces of time, making them yours, making them mine. So when I start thinking about memories, I start thinking about pictures, and I was prepping for this weekend, and I picked up my phone and started kind of looking at old pictures. Now, so um, Marie's doing some work on some photo albums for like from back in the day where we had the shoe boxes of the ones you actually had to develop. The world has moved and changed in better ways. My phone has pictures going all the way back to 2012. I have 2,667 pictures on my phone and 405 videos. So it took me a little bit to sort through this thing, but um, I thought I was looking through. So the Holden family, we're pretty good at awkward pictures. So like those awkward family pictures. So I brought a couple of them and thought I would show them to you this weekend. So this, this first picture, 2012, we were on a trip to North Carolina and we were headed to the Outer Banks. We have some dear family friends who live in North Carolina, so we stopped, spent New Year's with them because we go to Outer Banks in the wintertime when nobody's there. And we hung out, and I don't know how we ended up on the stairs taking a family picture on the stairs, but um, I'm just hiding my head in shame there at the <laughs> top of that whole deal. Um, but you know, that was, like, that was a fun memory for us as a family, and we still talk about that when we get together. All of us remember this, those trips to the Outer Banks and how much fun they were when the kids were all still at home. So this next picture, this is one of our finer moments. Um, it, it actually ended up not being awkward. This is, this is one that was potentially awkward. You see the young lady on the far outside there with the long hair? That's our daughter-in-law, Brady. But this was her first trip to visit us. And so our son went to school in Oklahoma and we lived in Michigan. And so this was the big bring Brady home to meet the family deal. And I still remember, so we're at the Gerald Ford Presidential Library here. I still remember in this moment thinking, Oh, this is either gonna be a picture that we hang on to or this is gonna be one of those ones where that's that girl that Daryl brought home that like it didn't work out. So here's what I hope for you. I hope God gives you, those of you who have kids, I hope God gives you sons and daughters-in-law like our daughter-in-law Brady. She is God's best for our son and for our family and we are so thankful for her. And I'm so glad that this just turned out to be a picture that has a great memory attached to it. Okay, so this last one, this, if there's an awkward family photo, we win. Contest, we, get, we win this one. This is our daughter, Claire, her high school, senior year of high school. This is cross country last meet. 
And I'm not exactly sure how this happened, but one of our kids snap, was snapping the other picture and we got eyes closed, balloon in front of her face. <laughs> Yay, Claire, right? So, um, Holden family photos, we're, we're really good at the awkward picture thing. And like I said, I have, I have 2,666, 67 pictures on my phone, 405 videos, because our memories are important. Memories are important. Our memories actually, they form us. They, they, shape, they shape who we are, the stuff that happens to us and the things that we remember and, and what we call to mind, like our memories, our memories shape us and form us. And, and so when I think about memories, I wanna, I wanna have the kind of memories in my life and I wanna create the kind of memories in, in my sphere of influence for people that, that help them like know who they are and not just know who they are, but kind of know who we are as a group, especially in our family, we know who we are. And that forms not only who we are today and the grid which we see our past through, but it also helps us navigate into the future. And so, you know, as, as a grown-up, like I look at the kids that are in my life, my, my, my kids, my grandkids, I want them to stand on my shoulders. You know, I want, them to, I want them to learn from my mistakes and not go that way, and I want them to see my successes and, and build on that. Like, I want that for my kids, and so memories and grandkids, they're super important for us. And so the, the forming of memories, and as I was thinking about it this week, I think one of the big learnings that, that I'm learning right now is that making great memories part, you, you could get wrapped around thinking, okay, this is really important if you have kids. And it is, it's extremely important if you have kids. But I'm learning like in this empty nest stage of life, it's really important for Marie and me for, for the memories that we make individually and together. Because again, your memories form you. Your memories shape you. And so, so the making of memories is a really important thing. I ran across this quote this week by Dr. Donna Rose Addis, and she's a psychologist, does a little brain science work. And she says this, she says, memory is critical for our sense of who we are in the past, present, and the future. And I think we know that. I think we know that intuitively, that, that what we remember, the things that have happened to us, like those are really important to us in the day they happened and today and for the days ahead. So the Bible has a lot to say to us about, about what we remember, about how important our memory is. And I wanna share a few things with you from the scripture about memory as we jump into these things. So starting in Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 15, setting of all this, this is the ancient nation of Israel. They were enslaved to, to the Egyptian empire. And, and God looked at the ancient nation of Israel and said, you're my people and I'm gonna walk you out of slavery, and he did that. With the, the 10 plagues, the Red Sea, defeated Pharaoh, and so as they're, they're getting ready to become a nation, God is speaking to them about how they're supposed to live, and this Deuteronomy chapter five passage, he's, God says to them, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So I love this. Last week, Dr. Bill Kuhn, who's our speaker, he talked a little bit about Sabbath and about the importance of, of Sabbath rest in our lives if we're gonna live at a, a sustainable pace. And what happens in our lives, and it's happened from the very beginning, is Sabbath becomes this thing that like, oh, I can't do that. And, and so we get this opportunity to remember 
Sabbath and why God has given it to us. And I just love when he established his ancient nation of Israel, when he established them as his people, the first thing he did to them was he said, hey, remember, remember this. Remember that you were slaves in the ancient nation. Remember that you were slaves to the Egyptians. And now that you belong to me, I'm giving you a day off every week. You get a day off every week. You get a day that is about you and me, your relationship with me. And he was gifting that day to a group of people who were born into work, who lived their lives working at the hands of other people and die. And God speaks to them and says to them, hey, remember, remember, as this thing becomes routine for you, as you begin to look at this idea of taking a day off, that's a day for you and for me and to celebrate our relationship, you gotta remember where that came from. And our memories are like, what we remember is super important to who we are. And so, so memories can help us remember and understand the why behind some things maybe that have become ritual for us and stuff that we just kinda, we kinda move on past. And so I really love that statement about remembering that you were slaves when you think about, and that's our heritage, is, is spiritual slavery. And so we have this opportunity to walk in rest because God gifts rest to his people. That next verse there is in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse 18, they were facing enemies, God's people were facing enemies that were more powerful than them. And, and they were worried about that, as they should have been. And, and God speaks to them, he says, hey, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the more powerful enemy. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. Like, remember this well, don't just remember this a little bit. Like, you gotta call this to mind when you're, when you're in the face of enemies that are too powerful for you. Here's, here's what you get to do. Remember what I did for you. You know, remember what I did for you. And, and I think it's really amazing that, that the work of God, what he's done in the past, as you and I remember that, as God's people remember what God's done in the past, it speaks into our fear and into our anxiety. And so again, God has gifted us with, with the ability to remember who he is and what he's done, what he's willing to do on behalf of his people, and it speaks into our fear and anxiety. And then this, then this third statement, pulled this from Ephesians chapter two, verses 12 and 13. This is one of my favorite remember statements in all the Bible. Remember, that at that time, before you knew Jesus, you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were foreigners to the covenants, the promise. You're without hope and without God in the world. That's what, that's what people are. That's what you were. That's what I was before I met Jesus. We were part. We were far from God and without hope. And, and that is a good summary of my life before I met Jesus but now, remember this, but now in Christ Jesus, those of you who are once far away, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's a, that's a formative statement for people like you and me to, to remember that, that before I was far away from God, not today, whatever's going on in my life today, I'm not far away from God, I've been brought near to him by Jesus, and so no matter what's happening in my life or what's happening in the world, like I'm not without hope. Before I was without hope, and I remember what that was like, but I also now I get to remember that in Jesus, I've been brought near to God so that, so that I can live like I'm a person with hope because this God who gives rest to people who are worked overworked and this God who, who sets people free 
and this, this God who is more powerful than my enemies, like this God, like I've been, I've been drawn near to him and Jesus, and so remembering these kinds of things, these are, these are formative memories for us, and the memories that we make really matter. The memories we make really matter. The stuff we choose to remember, the things we hang on to, it really matters. And so I think most of us are good at making good memories. You know, we, we make memories that are fun, that are, that are family, healthy kind of memories, you know, like, kind of like the ones I showed you on the screen. A lot of us, we're, we're good at making good memories. This weekend, what I wanna talk to you about is making great memories. And if I could kind of just make the distinction, the good ones are the, the happy, healthy family kind of things that, that we all enjoy and we look at the pictures and we laugh, we smile, we say, hey, that was, a, that was a great experience, that was a great moment in time that we've captured there. But the great memories, the great memories are, I've just kind of given you, I'm giving you four little, I don't know, hallmarks of a great memory and then I wanna give you a few things to, to help you and think through some stuff about how you can make great memories in your own life. First thing about great memories, remember, because they're formative. Memories are formative, so first they form and they affirm who we are in Christ. They speak to our identity. So, so memories to be on purpose, intentional, making memories for ourselves and for our families, our circles of influence that, that form and affirm who we are in Christ. That's the first one. Second one is memories that help us see God's ongoing work in our lives. Because, because it's not just something that God did in the past for another group of people or for me back then. God has, like he's doing stuff right now in, in my life and in your life. And so as we think about great memories, we wanna, we wanna connect ourselves to the work that God is doing in the present. And then we wanna make memories that, that teach us to respond rightly to God. We're always responding to him in some way, but we wanna respond rightly to him. And again, since memories form, we wanna create those moments in time that, that are instructive for us, informative for us and for our people, about how we respond rightly to the work of God that we see him experiencing. It's like we experience him and he's working in our lives. We respond to him. And then that last little piece there, that they connect us to God's work in the lives of others. It's really important to, to make memories for yourself. And those of you who have kids or grandkids, nieces and nephews, you got little people in your lives. It's really important to help them begin to be other-centered and to help connect them to God's work in the lives of other people to help us learn how to see where God's at work outside of our own little circle to see where God's at work and, and join him in that. And so, so again, making great memories, it's not just the fun stuff that we do on vacation or in our everyday life to take pictures of the 2,666 pictures and 405 videos I've got on my phone. There are, those are good memories. And, and filtered through there are some great memories from the Holden family, and, and it's important for us to make great memories in our life. So I wanna give you a handful of things that I think will be really helpful to, to process through. So I've got four things for you about making great memories, and then I've got some questions for reflection, because I really think what we're talking about this weekend is of more value if you reflect on it in your everyday life, because I can't tell you what you need to do specifically to make great memories. But I'm gonna give you these principles and give you some questions to think about when we're done. So the first thing is, if you're gonna make great memories, is to establish traditions that have meaning. Right, to establish traditions that have meaning. And traditions are these, are, these are occasions, special occasions, things that are regular but occasional. 
So like we're heading into the holiday season and there's all kinds of tradition that happens in the holiday season, but it happens like just in the holiday season. So that's what, that's what I'm talking about there. And so, so God speaks this into his ancient nation of Israel, Exodus chapter 12, verse 25 through 27, and he talks his people, he says, hey, when you enter the land that I'm giving you, like I promised you, observe this ceremony. And he's talking about the Passover ceremony, and that's in Exodus 12, if you wanna read ahead of that. He said, observe this, and he has them observe it every year. So they're supposed to observe it every year at the same time, every year. And then he says, and when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. So again, traditions are occasional, but they're things that happen on regular occasion in our lives. And, and I'm reading this and it's like, God knows our kids ask one question more than they ask any other question. You know what it is, right? Why, 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 why? And they start asking at a really early age and it doesn't really go away. They quit verbalizing it at some point. But when, when your kids ask you, why are we doing this? Because we do this every year. So why do we have to do it this year? Like we did it last, when your kids ask you why, what does this ceremony mean to you? Now you've got something to connect them with God's past work in, in your life, their life, with what God is doing today into the future. And so to establish traditions that have, that have spiritual meaning connected to them, these, these occasional things that come up in our lives. So for you to have and to find markers of, of God's work in your life. So that's the first piece, to have traditions that have meaning, established traditions that have meaning. The second one is to collect spiritual souvenirs. Couldn't think of any better way to say this, collect spiritual souvenirs. To have some things around that mean something more than just like, that's the trip we went to the Outer Banks, or you know, this is, this is from that, but to have things around your house that are in view, that are, that are used, that like they mean something spiritually. And I love this little section, Joshua chapter four. God did this amazing thing, he stopped his people needed to get across a river, the Jordan River. And it was at flood level and it was flooding and they could not get across and God did this miracle. He, he stopped the water. He stopped the flow of the water and, and he let his people cross. And so at the end of all that, the instruction was, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. There's 12 tribes of Israelites and so there was a leader from each tribe that was supposed to get a stone and put a stone big enough that it, like it would go on your shoulder and they were to, to make a pile of rocks and just that's to serve as a sign among you because this was a, on a trade route, this was a place where they would be on regular occasion and so there's a pile of rocks and the purpose of this pile of rocks in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean and why are they there? Because the, the number one question, like, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So these, these memorial stones, these, these things that are present in your life because, because God did something, and, and you wanna remember that. So I was talking with Marie about this, what we're talking about right now, this spiritual souvenir, and she's like, so, so what would you say are our spiritual souvenirs? 
And you know, we got a couple things around. We, we actually have some rocks that are under the deck in our backyard that mark a couple of different things. And, and but I asked her, I said, what would you say? And she said, um, we were in the basement and we have a kitchen table behind the couch in our basement. And this is kitchen table. It's the table that I grew up with. Um, my parents bought it when I was in second grade. It's this antique oak oval table. And we have it, not because I grew up with it, we have it because when we were first married and we had one little kid, Marie slipped into depression. And she was sitting at that kitchen table one morning with our oldest son who was a year old maybe in a high chair and she was sad. She was just in the, she was in the depths of, of that depression and the Lord spoke to her at that table. And he, and he told her what he wanted her to do and she did it at that table. And he rescued her from her depression at that table. And so that table will be in the Holden family. Like, Marie and I are not turning loose that thing. I don't know if our kids are gonna fight over it or not. But we don't, that's okay, we'll be gone. We're holding on, like that, that table reminds us that God rescues, right? That he just, he, uninvited sometimes, like we were just in this season of spiritual rebellion and uninvited he steps into our lives and he offers us rescue. And we wanna hang on to that. And our kids all know the story. Like they know why we have that table. They know why we never bought a new table as they were growing up. Like they know why that that table's part of mom and dad's household because that's the place where God rescued mom. And so to have spiritual souvenirs that you collect from things that are, that are meaningful to you. The third thing, develop faith-filled routines. Faith-filled routines. So first part of this, faith-filled. So there is, there's faith-filled and there's faithful. And both are important. And I think we've gotta distinguish between them because faithful is like, we do this. And faith-filled is like, we're saying yes to this, we're pursuing God in this, God is stirring the fans of flame in our life through this, we're taking risks of who God is and whether or not he's gonna come through on his promises, like faithful is about us and faith-filled is about we're stepping out on the promises of God and so developing faith-filled routines and I love Deuteronomy 6, verses six through nine, as God's speaking, it's really the 10 commandments and the stuff that's around that and he tells his people, he says, hey, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts first and then impress them on your children. So it's gotta start with me, right? It's gotta be on my heart first before I can, I can move it into the lives of anybody else that is in my circle of influence. But the way that it happens, how it gets impressed on my heart and then on the hearts of my kids, impress them on your, on your children Listen to this, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Like there's, there is nothing dramatic or remarkable about that. Like that, is, that is like when you, when you wake up in the morning, like who, who God is and what he's called us to and what he's done for us and why we've responded to him that way. Like we talk about those things. At, we wake up when we're eating dinner, when we're going to bed, like we talk about that kind of stuff when you're in the car, when you're driving down the road, when like being intentional with, with that mundane routine stuff. Now, here's what can happen with routines. 
because there are things that we do often. It's like this is different than a tradition. A tradition is something that we do occasionally. A, a routine is something that we do often. It's really easy for a routine to become a ritual. So we, you know, like so we, this is what we do, and we just do it, and it loses the it loses the why behind it. And so it's really easy for a routine to become a ritual, and so you gotta kinda guard on that end of it. And one of the things that I've noticed is, as our world continues to get busier and busier, things that the last generation had as routine, like faith-filled routines, are now moving towards tradition. And at the risk of sounding like the old curmudgeon, like one of the things that we're seeing is church attendance. What the average person now attends church, one out of every four weekends. So in our day, like when I was growing up, we attended church like six out of every four weekends, right? I mean, we were there all the time. It was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, that was part of what we did, and that was, that was, that was the church. Well, like we all moved in that kind of pace and rhythm, and as we've moved on, we're, we're now at a place where it's like it's one out of every four. And again, I'm not, I have some opinions on that, what, but the question I'm asking is, is that gonna be healthy for us and for our families when we look forward of this thing that is a weekly deal, like that God gave it to us on the, like on the rhythm of weekly, we, we're moving it to monthly, and, and how's that gonna impact us down the road? And so, so that's just, that's one example of, of how God has given us some routines to, to maintain and to nurture, and it's easy to let that stuff slip to tradition. It's something we do every once in a while. And if you're, especially if you're thinking about passing your faith on to your kids, if, if you look, because it's really easy, it's really, somebody got sick, and then we had to go to grandma's house, and then there was a ball game, and we got church this weekend, but then somebody gets sick. Like, it's really easy for it to become a one out of four thing. And if you're looking at that, and, and you're seeing one out of four that your kids grow up with, they're not gonna maintain one out of four as, as they get older and as they leave. They're gonna be one out of 12, one out of, when we go to grandma's house, we go to church with grandma and grandpa, like, that's, that's where that heads naturally in all of that. And so, so again, thinking through these faith-filled routines, what are the things that God has said to us that we're supposed to do like daily? Just, it's, just, it's daily, it's weekly, this is, this is the, the fabric of our lives that gets woven into this. I remember when we were, my kids were little and Marie and I would try to be up early to spend time like having a cup of coffee, reading our Bible, praying. So we would get up early to, to read our, in the, in the quiet, and, and our kids would get up earlier, right? It's like, we don't wanna let you, like, no, if mom and dad are up, like, we gotta all be up, right? And we've experienced that. And I had a mentor who spoke into my life. She, she was the children's pastor at our church, and, and she, she said, hey, listen, it's a great thing for your kids to catch you reading your Bible in the morning. It, to, like, it totally ruins Bible reading times. Kids up, and you gotta get them milk, and then you gotta fix their cereal, and then they spill something, and like you're on with your day. But it's a great thing for your kids to see that it's just, a, like this is just a regular part of who we are, these faith-filled routines. My uncle was an early riser, and um, when his grandkids would be visiting his, his little granddaughter, who was three at the time, he was, he was downstairs, reading his Bible, having his quiet time, and, and she came down the stairs with her little picture Bible, and her comment was, going to read my Bible like Papa does. Like, whoa, yeah, right? 
because if you could build that into her life, you talk about faith-filled and memories that matter, great memories that speak and form into who she is. Like that's just, don't give up on your routines. Don't give up on your routines. If they exhaust you, like don't give up on your routines. Keep, keep leaning into your routines, developing these faith-filled routines. And then this last thing, expand your hall of fame. Expand your hall of fame. So the Holden family, we're like, we're sports people. Um, for years and years, I had a life-size poster of Larry Bird. Marie hated it, but it was awesome. And my kids saw, like it was in our basement, they knew it, they saw it, like I just, I'm a huge basketball fan, and, and so we love sports. And like just today, we were, we've been texting about football, and all, like we like sports, and so we know people, and we talk about different athletes, and we love sports. And it's really easy, just so whatever your thing is, it's really easy for us to like, those become, those become the heroes, those become the Hall of Fame, those become the people that, that, we, that we pay attention to and we look to in our lives. And, and there's nothing, like I'm not against that in any, in any way. But if you're gonna make memories that matter, like you're gonna make some of these great memories that, that form Jesus in the lives of, of yourselves and your people, um, you gotta expand that Hall of Fame I love this little passage from Philippians chapter two, verses 29 and 30. The apostle Paul is writing to the ancient church at Philippi, and he's writing to them about this guy named Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus was from Philippi, so they had sent him on a mission trip to go visit Paul, to take a gift, to, you know, to be an encouragement to Paul wherever he was at that time. And, and Epaphroditus got sick. So he went on a mission trip and he got sick. He got really sick, he almost died. So we have, we have no record of him doing anything, like doing a miracle or preaching a sermon that you know, everybody just kind of fell to their knees in worship of God. He just went on this mission trip and he got sick. And, and he got better. God raised him up, he got better. And so when the Apostle Paul's writing this letter back to the church at Philippi, he says, hey, I'm sending Epaphroditus to you. He got sick, he almost died. I'm really thankful that he didn't die. You guys should celebrate that, he, that God has raised him up. He says, so then welcome him in the Lord. When he gets there, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. This, so this is, this is a guy who, he went on a mission trip and almost died because he got sick while he's on the mission trip. Again, we have no, like he didn't do anything that we would say is amazing other than he's just, he was faithful and he, he almost died for the work of Christ. And he risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves couldn't, Give me. And so, so to have people in, in your life that you look to that maybe nobody else in the world would think like, hey, this person is awesome. This person, you have a picture of them on your wall. Like to, to know some people, whether that's through reading biographies and knowing about people from history or if you happen to know somebody in, in our church or in your circle or one of our missionaries, like to have people who risk their lives for Jesus not in a dramatic, you know, big sort of way, but just as they go about their, those people are heroes. And so to have, to have another group of people that we hold out, because these are the kind of people we wanna be like. Because, you know, like we really enjoy the sports figures and all that kind of stuff, but nobody in my family's athletic enough to like, like, can't really do that, right? So, but we could be like these people, we could be faithful like these people, we'd be faith-filled like these people. Let's, let's raise them up, elevate them, bigger hall of fame in our, in our families and who we look to. So this weekend really is about, like, it requires some thought. 
on each of our parts. If you're gonna, if you're gonna make great memories, if you've got memories that form who you are in Christ, that speak to your identity, speak to your relationship with God, that speak to your relationship with other people, how you love people here in the church, how we serve people outside in the community. Like this is, this is one, this requires thought from you about your particular life. So I wanna give you these questions for reflection. There's a list of them there, so if you need to take a picture of this. And um, you can do this on your own. You can do this with, if you're in family, this, some of these would be great family conversations. Um, so first one is, are there truths, capital T, truths, things that God has said to you or about you that you need to intentionally remember? Is there something that mattered to you weeks, months, years ago that you haven't forgotten it, forgotten it, but you've, you've forgotten it, that God has said it to you and that you should live from this? So there's some things that you need to be on purpose remember where God has just kind of said, hey, remember this for you. Second one is just to think through, how are you making great memories? Is this, is this something you're already doing? I'm sure it is. For most, like, how are you doing this already? And so just to know what you're doing and to celebrate that a little bit. Um, do you have good traditions and routines you could tweak to make them great? Right, going back to that distinction between the good ones that are, that are formational, that are they're fun, they're healthy, they, they move us forward in good ways, but, but maybe don't speak into our spiritual lives in the way that they could. Do you have, is there a way you could tweak those and you could make them great? Um, do you need to revisit your why behind some of the things that you do? Have, have some of your traditions or some of your routines become rituals? Or so we go and we stand up and we sit down and we say these words and we sit back down and we stand and, and we just do this because we do this. You need to remember your why. Like, hey, remember why I gave you the Sabbath? I gave you the Sabbath because you're, you're enslaved and it was just work, work, work. I'm giving you this day off. Like, oh, wow, that's a totally different deal. So is there something you need to revisit the why of that? Um, what spiritual souvenirs have you collected and what do they mean for you? So you might have some around your house or in your office or like you might have some spiritual souvenirs and maybe some of the other people who see those don't know like what that thing represents, why you have it, why you hang on to it, why when you declutter you've never turned it loose. It'd be a great thing just to kind of revisit those things and think and talk about them. I know Marie and I did that just this week about that table, like what a great thing for us to remember how God has stepped into our lives and, and rescued her and rescued us in that. So spiritual souvenirs. Do you have any traditions that need to become routines? Are there some things that you're doing that are occasional that should probably be regular? You know, that should be, or you do them yearly and maybe they should become more or way more often than that kind of stuff and to think through that. And then this last question for you, is there anything new you've been wanting to try? When you think about the memories you wanna make, spiritual formation, about your identity in Jesus, about being connected to God's work in your life and here or other places, other people, is there anything like, does this surface anything? Hey, I'd like to try that. And I would say to you, yes, like, like let's go for it, right? Make a memory, like make one of those, make one of those great memories, a new memory, trying something new and see, see where God's at work and go join him in that and then enjoy that. So again, I'd encourage you to, to give these questions some thought and to see where the Lord takes you about how you could be a person who's making great memories in your life, being formed in Jesus and impacting the people who are around you. So I'd like to pray for us. Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of our memories. Some are hard, 
Some of them are sweet. Some of them are just kind of overwhelming. And, and they all matter to who we are. Thank you for how you speak into that stuff. And, and you help us see ourselves the way you see us. So I'm, I'm praying for myself and I'm praying for my friends. I pray that, that we would be the kind of people who are, who are intentional about the memories that we make. That we, would, that we would capture these little moments so that we know who we are and we know who you are and we know what difference you make in our lives and you know what, we know what difference you're making through us and the lives of other people. Um, grant us wisdom as we think and consider about these things and grant us courage to be able to embrace what's next for us in days ahead. Jesus, these things come to us through you, so we pray these things in your name, amen. Hey, would you guys stand with me? I wanna, as we are dismissed, I just wanna read these verses over you. Ephesians chapter two, verses 12 and 13. So remember, in days past, you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were with hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. As you go into this week, enjoy the nearness of God. So I love you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.